we're going to worship Jesus together tonight. By the way, live streamers, thanks for joining us, and hope you're nice and cozy at home. But we are cozy here, family of faith in the house tonight, and we're going to worship Jesus. So wherever you're at live stream here live, let's, uh, let's get up on our feet right now and spend time together worshiping.
Praise you, Jesus. Keep, keep playing. Keep playing. Well, let's just raise our hands up in Jesus' name. We worship you tonight. Oh, speak some praise out to him. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Come on now. Let your praise be heard tonight. Don't, don't be ashamed. Don't worry. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. We praise you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're high above and lifted up. You are high above, you are lifted up. We worship you tonight. We praise you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, speak it out. We worship you tonight. Praise you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. You are holy. You are true. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Lord, there is no other. We worship you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Don't be scared to sing a new song from your heart. Whatever's bubble up inside you in response to who God is, just let it come out. We praise you tonight. In Jesus' name. If the tongues come forth, let them come forth. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, we praise you. Yes, we worship you tonight, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. It was a, a scripture somebody gave me Sunday in kind of a response, 21 days of prayer, some things, and, and a scripture was given. Uh, Justice, if you can, throw up uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 11 for me, please. Tori gave this to me on Sunday. I wanted to share it with you. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. There's a key word in this, this passage here we're going we're gonna to jump on. It says, finally, brothers, rejoice. And we should always be rejoicing, right? Yeah, okay. By the way, no matter what, this is the day that the Lord has made, right? And we will rejoice. Wait a minute, what's going on today? I have no idea, but it is still the day the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it, but that's not what I want to talk about. Anyways, but watch this, aim for restoration. That word restoration is where we're going, all right? But it says comfort one another, which we should. Agree with one another, amen. amen. We should be in agreement together. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Okay, restoration. God can restore anything. Can, can he not? God can restore anything. Any, as a matter of fact, 
He's just simply good at it. That's what he does. Your salvation is restoration. God is the God who can go to the junkyard and grab the most mangled up, beat up piece of machinery there and say, this is great. I'm going to do something wonderful with this. And it may seem the most magnificent thing. That's what God does. He is the great project reclaimer. That's what he does. So in response to somebody giving me that scripture, I want to say this. Whatever needs restored in your life, I want you first to believe that God can. Right? Secondly, I want you to ask him in a moment again, and I'm sure if it's need restored, you've already asked. But ask him again. Well, we're going to be like the parable of the persistent widow that goes to the judge, the unjust judge, until finally he gives a verdict. Well, how much more is God good than that unjust judge, right? Amen. We're going to go to him again and take this to him and say, Lord, your way. Now, here's the crazy thing about God. He doesn't always restore things the way we like it. You know, you know what I mean? Sometimes he brings restoration in a new way, a different way. So you ask, but then be open for him to do what he wants. You know what I'm saying? He will put things back together as he in his wisdom will do so. We stand in faith and we ask. Then we allow God to do what only God can do. And because he's wiser and higher than our thoughts, sometimes it comes back a little bit different. But all of a sudden you go, oh, well, you know what? This was just a better way anyhow, right? Because he's God. See what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, I think his restoration will always go beyond what you think anyway. Even if it comes the way you want, it's always better. That's what God does. God, God takes the ashes of the human life and brings forth something wonderful and beautiful. That's what God does. There's no pit too deep, nothing that's too far broken, nothing too far lost, nothing too far in the darkness. There is nothing that God cannot restore, and not only restore, but bring it to a place of wonderful beauty. I believe that. If I did not believe that, I would not do what I do because I'm wasting my time. I'll be honest with you. But God can. And I believe. So whatever that thing is, whatever it is, let's lift it up. Lord, Ben, if you, you'll get back into that song, if you would, just for a minute, just cry out to God, Lord, we bring these requests to you in Jesus' name. The things that are restored in our life from ashes to wondrous beauty, from brokenness to wondrous beauty, from things that were lost to wondrous beauty, from things that are tucked away in the darkness to wondrous beauty. Lord, you do your work. You reclaim things and bring them into who you are, the goodness of your will, the goodness of who you are, the goodness of the kingdom. And we stand in that. I pray for broken lives to be remended. I pray for broken relationships to be remended. I pray for, for past to be healed and moved on from. I pray in Jesus' name that you're putting life in front of us and we walk into life with the power and the strength of the goodness of the God that you are. And we stand there and we believe and we will follow you into the goodness 
of who you are. And I thank you for that. We thank you for those restored things. We thank you, Jesus, for the work that only you can do. We thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's give him a thanks tonight. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. second just hang stay here for a second let's just wait on him for a minute lord we praise you oh jesus 
praise you, Jesus. dropping back in my heart. He keeps dropping this to me. For look and see, for I will do a new thing. For look and see, for I will do a new thing. Look and see, for I will do a new thing. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Mm. I I think there's a, a, again, the two things just over the last three weeks that the Lord's been and he keeps bringing them back to me. One of those things is, look, God, there are some of us that attend this church that God is after your heart. And he wants to light your heart on fire like it's never been lit before. He, He wants to fan the flame right in here in a new way. That there's something about things that are going to be happening in your life that are going to be so God-infused. It can't not be noticeable that God's all involved. He's going to grab a hold of you. If, if you put yourself in a place that he can do so, he's going to grab you. And he's going to light your fire. And there's going to be something burning in you that hasn't been burning before. But look and see the Lord is going to do a new thing. Amen. Amen. Lord, we receive that. Lord, we want to be a church on fire. Well, we're not satisfied with just kind of hanging in there. But Lord, we got problems, you know that. We're not perfect, you know that. You know, we struggle. But we want to be a church on fire that brings us through. We're not looking to get around it. We want to come through it. Lord, we want you to do something new. Bring us through. We submit to you. Bring us through that purifying process. For you, as the scripture said, you are an all-consuming fire. Bring us through. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
How, how many of y'all want to be consumed? Anybody? Who? Yeah, I know. I do too. Can, can we get on? Can we be on this journey together? Huh? For 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 a church, a church to be on fire. That means there's a lot of little fires making a big one. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be a person. Not going to be the pastor. It's going to be a church of people who gather together who are hungry for Jesus. We hunger and thirst for him. We want him. We're not looking for all this other stuff. We want him. And we constantly put ourselves in a place where he can do what he wants. To have his way. Amen. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pursue him then. It's your everyday pick up your cross. We're going to pursue him. We're going to constantly trade off life. You give my life so I can get his. Give my life so I can get his. We're going we're to we're be trading off. Amen. Amen. Ooh. Amen. How about this? Let's, uh, I'll let you guys get off the stage here. I want you to go tell two people something good God is doing in your life. Now, if you ain't got nothing, okay. Let somebody come tell you good things that God is doing, right? How about we do that? So let's get around for a couple minutes, say hi, but just share something, okay? Don't just high-five, but share something. Okay, so let's, let's move around, and we'll get on with things tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, live streamers. By the way, it's good to have you, and uh, uh, hopefully you're able to worship in your home tonight and, and join with us. But we believe wherever you're at, God's there with you, too. He's not just stuck in this building, obviously, so we hope uh, the presence of the Lord was with you tonight also. But, but he's not done, so, so keep on. And I believe we got some good things happening yet tonight. So, amen. Amen. So we're giving some time for a little testimony sharing right now. That's good, right? That's good.
Amen. Jesus' name. I'm not live streamers. I'm not rushing. I see people praying and all sorts of stuff. So we're, we're hanging on. So hang with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, let's... Uh, Let's get rolling tonight. Um, tithe and offering time. If you have something to give, go ahead and, and uh, get that prep. Let me, let me tell you something about giving. Give you a little insight about giving right here. Um, there's, a, there's a young man uh, that I know. His name's Isaiah. And uh, not long ago, he became the young adult pastor of, his, of the church he's at. And he... he uh, they actually gave him the Sunday service this past Sunday. So he preached the message, and he sent me a link and said, I want you to check this out and critique me. So I listened to it, and he said something I've heard before, but it reminded me about something. So Isaiah, I'm, I'm stealing off your notes right here. So check this out. Watch this. Do you know that 70% of people who win the lottery go bankrupt? Did you know that? That blows my mind. But it tells you, it tells you an a, a important point right here. If you think you're giving is so Jesus can make you rich, you're missing the point. Because if Jesus still makes you rich, it don't mean a whole lot. Because you still go bankrupt. <laughs> you know, it's, Jesus isn't here. And we're actually going to talk about this a little bit. Tonight. Jesus isn't, isn't here. To, to, he, he's our provider. He blesses us. But, but if you think this is a, an ATM exchange up here, you're missing the point. You see what I'm saying? We give because God is good. And we give as a response in our worship. And we do believe he blesses you. And we do believe he takes care of us and he does prosper us. And, and though there, the Bible says there are those that have the gift of giving, but you can't give unless you have. So there, all that's in the works. But don't think of this as, well, the reason I'm doing this is because, Lord, I expect my bank account to jump up because I dropped this in here. You see what I'm saying? You, if that's your attitude, you're already bankrupt in here. You see what I mean? It's not what it's about. And when God does bless you, if you happen to be rich, and I hope some of you do, because I'd like to see those ties come in. But the point is, it'll be in the right place in your life, and you'll do the right things with it. You know what I'm saying? So we give just because God is good. Amen. And the scripture teaches us to give. Amen? All right, so I just want to thank you, Isaiah. Remind me to say that tonight. Anyways, let's pray over your tithe and offering tonight. Lord, we thank you. Uh, just for another opportunity to come to this place. And we, we've consecrated this place to be a place of worship, and that's what we do. And I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to be here together. And I pray blessings on everybody here as we give tonight. We're living the life of faith. You know, we live by faith, Jesus, and this is part of our life of faith. So, Lord, we worship you in our giving tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Bring it on down if you have it tonight. And a um, couple quick announcements. Don't forget... The XO Marriage Conference coming up, so uh, it, that is February the 12th and February the 13th. We're providing childcare 
and some food for the adults and the kids. We're not going to leave them without food. So uh, that's Friday night and Saturday morning. So if you have questions about that, you can see me more. There is a sign-up sheet back there just so we know uh, how to prepare for everybody. It's a simulcast, so it's being piped in from uh, a church in Texas. Jimmy Evans uh, and his wife are, uh, and I should know her name. I apologize for that. But they're, they're the ones that put this together. And uh, they have, by the way, uh, Marriage Today, and that's what they do. If you've ever heard of Marriage Today, that's what that is. They have a mountain of resources. You literally could do something about your marriage every day for the rest of your life. That's how much stuff they have. So we want to actually tell you where you can get into that stuff. The Marriage Challenge we gave out a while ago, the videos, that's just one small part of it. Thousands of things they have, books and videos and blogs and, and all sorts of stuff podcast, you name it, they got it. So uh, if you want to strengthen your marriage, and you should, be at the EXO uh, conference, and then uh, you can link in after that to their resources. And the other announcement real quick is, ladies, this, this is coming on quick. Uh, I know they sent a, a Facebook event out about this, and some of you started to respond to that. If you don't have Facebook, you can either sign up on the Facebook event for this week you can sign up at the back table. But on January the 30th, which is a week from Saturday, at noon, uh, the ladies are having a, what are you guys calling it? Because I'm going to mess this up. Kelly, tell me. It is Galentine's Day. So Valentine. okay, you see. Anyways, um, it's for the ladies. So sign up at the back table or respond online. It's, it's time that I'm not even involved, so I have no idea. But it's going to be a good time. They're going to get together. Uh, there's uh, going to be some time together. There's going to be some food. And then they're also part of it. They're going to talk about the launching of our, our women's small groups. And, and uh, we have some uh, small groups going to be called Focus in the first part of it. And there's really cool things that are happening. So Sign up at the back table for that, or you can uh, uh, RSVP on the Facebook event invite, invite if you have seen that. Anyways, let's get our Bibles out. How many of you are not satisfied with where you're at? Anybody? Amen. I know I'm not. Let's, let's, let's continue to chase after Jesus. But, you know, the great thing about him, he's not hard to find. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's not, he doesn't play hide and go seek with you. Get after him, and, and he'll meet you where you're at. Amen? So uh, we're going to start something new here on Wednesdays for a little while. The book of John is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I love John as an author. And uh, actually, my Old Testament book that I love is Isaiah. My most favorite passage of Scripture in the Bible is found in Isaiah. But I also love John and, and the writings of John. You know, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. I love uh, how John writes and, and how he brings uh, his points home in his writing. So the Gospel of John, we're going to be spending some time in here. Uh, in that Gospel, there are seven, some people say eight, we're going to go with seven, seven proclamations that Jesus makes about himself. They are self-revelation. Now, remember, remember the story. By the way, uh, Sundays uh, we're in a series on identity. It's been good. So if, if you've been missing it or if you haven't been seeing it on live stream, I encourage you to go back and watch it. We've been talking about identity. Uh, I, we may be finishing that out this week. But um, we're going to spend time in the story on Sunday. But remember Moses? at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. Yeah. And, and at one part in his excuses, and we're going to talk about his excuses on, on Sunday a little bit, 
He's like, who, who in the world should I tell them that sent me to you? Remember? Because God, God told him, go get my people. I've heard the groanings. Go get them out of Egypt, out of slavery, right? And God responds what? What does he say? I am. Tell them that I am that I am sent you, right? And, and it is this big picture, I am God. You can't describe me. You can't put me in a box. I'm self-sufficient. I'm self-relatory. I am, I am uh, uh, immediate presence. I'm all these things. I am, right? We get to John, and there are seven times in the book of John where Jesus says, I am, and then something. So it is a further revelation of who God is from Exodus 3 where, where God says, I am. Tell them I am sent you, right? So we have these the seven uh, parts of revelation that, that start to put a big picture together of who Jesus is. Then you start to see what the kingdom of God is like through these things. About himself, who he is, and what he does. So seven self-revelations of Jesus in the book of John. So over the next few weeks on Wednesdays, we're going to look at these things. So John chapter 6 is where we're going to be tonight. And uh, John chapter 6, by the way, and this is important to what we're talking about. It starts off with Jesus feeding the 5,000. Remember, there were two different times he, he fed the multitudes with loaves and fish, right? If my memory serves me correct, he feeds this group of 5,000 people with five loaves and, and two fish, I think. So right away, this is, by the way, miracles you find in the Bible are for the moment, but they're also signposts of the kingdom. That makes sense. They, they, they mark the moment that God is present now, but they point towards the future. They're signposts of the kingdom to come, right? So we have a miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 people. That's a lot of people. And chances are, because just the way things were, sorry, ladies, but the 5,000 was probably just counting the men and however many ladies and children were there on top of that. So it's more than 5,000 probably, right? That's how they were back then. I'm sorry. But anyway, so 5,000 plus, Jesus feeds with five loaves and two fish. This is obviously a miracle. How many of all have two kids at home at least? Five loaves and two fish wouldn't make it around the table at your dinner table. You know what I'm saying? It, even maybe just one of you might not make it. It's, you know what I'm saying? So that, that is a, a miracle of massive proportions, right? God is present in our moment for our provision. Is he not? And it's a signpost of the kingdom to come that we will always be in the provision of God. So we have this miracle. Then following that, the disciples head over. Jesus waits behind. Then you have the whole Jesus walking on water thing. Right? Another incredible miracle that, that only those that were in the boat saw it. But when they get to the other side, verse 22, let's go there. John 6, 22. So feeding 5,000, Jesus walks on the water to go to the other side. And on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that they had only been one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. And, and other boats from Tiberias came to the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And again, the feeding of 5,000. 
So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. So they went after him. Verse 25. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now watch this. Jesus, Jesus always knows the intent of your heart. You can't hide your motives from Jesus. You can look good on the outside, but man, he, he, he gets right to the heart of the matter all the time. So this is what Jesus says in response to that. 26, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. He's saying the reason you're chasing after me is you want more food. You want me to fill you up again with material things. Okay, so, kind of what we were saying, offering. Does God bless you? Is he the God of the miracle of the loaves and the fish? But if that's all you seek Jesus for, you're missing the point. He's not just about giving you your loaves and your fish. You see? And you can get caught up in all the gifts and forget all about the giver. That's not what Christianity is about. We are serving Jesus who happens to be a giver. And when he gives, he gives. But we're about Jesus. And we said this before, and I'm sure you've heard this many times. If, if you get to, to what's to come, the, the new heaven, new earth, and everything you always imagined it would be would be there, and Jesus wasn't, would you miss that he wasn't there? You see what I'm saying? That he's going to do those things. But it's about him, not about all the stuff you get from him. As a matter of fact, if all you get is the forgiveness and the freedom of your sins, that is enough. Is it? Because that is the great miracle of your life. That's what you need. That's the biggest thing you need. Right? So he, he saw they were coming after him because they just wanted more food. Well, let's go to uh, verse 27. It says, do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father set his seal, and then they said to him, what must we be doing, uh, doing the works of God? What must we do to be doing the works of God? So a question. Now, it is good for you to be a worker and earn your wages. So you got to work for bread that you eat, right? You should, if you, if you can and if you can't, by the grace of God, the church and others, we will help. Because there are those in need. Right? So that's the way it works. Um, so, so Jesus is saying, don't focus on that, though. That is not the big priority here. But do the works of God. So they ask, well, what in the world does that look like? And so Jesus makes this really easy. Verse 29. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God. Watch how simple this is. That you believe in the one whom he has sent. Okay, uh, Justice, do me a favor. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. And I think everybody is familiar with this. Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace you have been saved through what? Have you been saved through all the great things you did? 
No? Have you been saved because, well, you're just a good person? Have you been saved for any other reason but through faith, which is the avenue to grace? That's how it happens. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. That's amazing. So Jesus said, do the work of God. Say, what is the work of God? Believe. You cannot earn your salvation in any way. Right? You can't do enough good works. You can't earn enough brownie points. You can't do anything to earn what only God can give you. Now, do you know that in this world there's a lot of very well-to-do people that don't know Jesus? You can be a very good worker. You can earn lots of stuff, right? You can be a very nice person. You can have a lot of great relationships. But you can't earn work or relate your way to salvation and the forgiveness of your sins. This is the work of God because of faith through grace in your life. It's a gift. Then what follows is, because then I believe, then I follow. But the simple fact of the work of God is I just have to believe. Believe in who? The one he sent. Right? So, so let's keep going. Let's see if we can find where we left off there. So back to John 6. And uh, let's see. Verse 30. John 6, 30. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? In other words, back up what you're saying. What work do you perform? Now, do you realize that some of these people were just fed in the multitude? They chased them on the other side of the lake to get more food from them. And then he tells them this, and they're like, okay, well, how are you going to prove this? I mean, holy cow, the gall of these people. You know what I'm saying? What work will you do? So watch this. Quit trying to make God jump through hoops to prove stuff to you. He does not perform miracles and wonders on your pool chain to make you feel good or satisfied or at peace with what he's telling you. You've got to learn to do what he tells you to do no matter what you think he's going to do after that. That is the picking up your cross. Listen, when you pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus, you can't sit there and whine and moan that he's not doing more for you. You see what I mean? Quit asking him to do stuff all the time. He wants you to cast your cares upon him, but, but as if, well, I'll really keep following if you do this. Don't, don't try to make those agreements with God. Have you ever done it? Like, like uh, so um, when I was in high school, I was not saved. Didn't act like it, didn't pretend, was not saved, right? But then I had uh, to give a speech every once in a while in English class which was the worst thing. I'm telling you what, I was not saved, and I still wanted Jesus to come back before I had to give that speech. I just hated it. So you do things like this. I'm not saved, but I'll tell you what, Lord. If somehow you get me through this, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this Jesus stuff. You know, you ever try to make agreement? God, if you just pull me through, then, then I'm going to, you see, don't do that stuff. He, he doesn't play those games. Serve him. Then he will do what he's going to do, whether or not he does what you want him to do. Right? So don't ask for this stuff. But let's keep going here. So verse 31. And then, and then they give an example. So here's Moses. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it was written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from the heaven. And they're pointing back to Moses, okay? By the way, you know, Hebrews, I think, three, Jesus is the greater Moses. Jesus is greater than. He's the, he is the high priest. I mean, Hebrews works through all this stuff. He's the greater sacrifice. He's all, he is the greater Moses. All the stuff you thought, he's better. That's, that's what he's getting at. Okay, so... Uh, where we leave off. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven, verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Aren't they just the, the constant consumers? Oh, there's better bread out there? Well, give us that then. Constant consumers. Again, don't be a consumer with God. Don't treat God as a consumer. Don't treat church as a consumer. Don't treat worship as a consumer. In other words, it's kind of like this. Consumer mentality has wrecked the American church because we've mixed the American dream with the gospel. God is not, again, for you to achieve all your stuff through him. God is pick up your cross daily and follow me, and I will be your provider. You see? There's nothing wrong with the American dream, but don't mix the two. They're not the same. So consumerism gets into church, and everything's about whether or not you like it, how it makes you feel. Right? So, so, so you hear a lot of this, and then I don't like this. So you go to, there's going to be uh, uh, some of these bands, and, and come, come have a worship experience with us. I don't like the word experience. You're not there to experience anything. You're there to worship God. And when not you feel anything is irrelevant to the point. You're not there to experience it. Then you're going, I really didn't feel anything. And I certainly didn't like the second song they sang. (laughs) Then you start complaining because it didn't meet your consumer expectation. Worship Jesus and you feel something great. If you don't, great. You see what I'm saying? Could we follow no matter what? Don't turn church, don't turn God, don't turn the Bible into consumer. You want to be a consumer, shop at Walmart. There you can pick what you want. When it comes to Jesus, you don't. He gives it to you. Then you pick up your cross and you follow, right? So give us this new bread you're talking about. Verse 35, and here it comes. Here's the I am. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. There's the self-revelation of Jesus. I am... So I am with Moses and God in the burning bush. I am, and you can't put me in a box, but here comes Jesus. I am. I'm going to give you a a, a description because you're worried about eating bread. I am the bread that gives life. Yeah, the bread that you got on the other side, like that was nice because it filled you for a meal. But bottom line is a couple hours later, you were probably hungry again. And you were looking for your next meal. Don't you guys do that? Do you even last two hours after your last meal? I don't. All right, it's just the way I am. See, the, the physical food that we eat satisfies and you need it to live, but it's not sustaining that you have to keep coming back to it. Got to keep eating. Got to go get something else, right? And Jesus said, okay. I am what God has sent down from heaven. As a matter of fact, and he, and he talks about this later, you, you brought up this whole manna thing. You guys had manna, and by the way, they complained about it eventually. Did they not? 
You can, you can get just what God asked for and eventually complain about it anyhow. You see, that happens, right? But Jesus says later, yeah, you got the manna from heaven and they all died in the desert anyhow. That wasn't the sustaining bread of life. That's me. I, Jesus, I am the bread of life. And watch what he says. And, and whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So, so the bread of life, and again, now he's getting off all, all in different uh, allegories here. So let's, let's uh, check in on someplace else real quick. Uh, Justice, if you would, please, John uh, chapter 4. Of course, this is in the Gospel of John, verse number 14. John chapter 4. So we're still in the, in the Gospel of John. And remember Jesus and the woman at the well? And uh, he asked for water, and she's just like, and she gives us, and this is what he says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Same kind of analogy with the bread of life. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus references that again here. So uh, back to where we were in, in John chapter 6. Verse 35 again, I am the bread of life, and who comes to me shall uh, not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus is what sustains us. This is a very simple message tonight. What sustains you in life is not ultimately all the things you chase after. What sustains you to eternal life, to a place that you don't have to keep finding other things, is only Jesus. Amen. Amen. He is the bread of life. So let's keep reading here. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. And how often, again, back to this thing, they had Jesus right there and they're not, they're not catching the whole thing. They're not believing Verse 37, and all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Amen. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And what is that will? To be salvation of mankind. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise up on the last day. So we are sustained by Jesus until we are raised up on the last day. Jesus is the bread of life. So, remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. So what happened today? What's on the news? What do we know happened? Okay, we had an inauguration. It happened. Listen, I don't care who is sworn in. I know it affects stuff, but hear me. The sustainer of our life that wells up to eternal life is Jesus. He is the bread of life. My bread, although I eat other stuff and I participate, those things do not sustain me. Don't get them confused and mixed up. Well, that didn't work out the way I wanted, so Jesus is the bread of life. And do you have him? Do you have to find something else? No. And he sustained you up to be raised up to eternal life. 
So it doesn't matter to me, ultimately. I care, but ultimately I have to go, okay, but, but Jesus. And maybe forget about what happened today and whether or not you liked it, whatever. Whatever happens tomorrow, but Jesus. Right? Remember, remember uh, when the, the devil tempted Jesus after 40 days in the wilderness? Let's go there, Luke chapter 4. I'll close after this. If you want to keep reading John chapter 6, there's some more things that happen there. And by the way, by the end of John chapter 6, going into chapter 7, there are people that said, this teaching is too hard for us. He lost people over this whole thing. There were people that deserted Jesus because, this whole day, because he eventually said, you got to eat of this stuff. you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they went, whoa, what are you talking about? In other words, partaking. And we do that symbolically in our communion, right? And the teaching was too hard. He lost people over saying, yeah, but the bread of life. Forget about having all your, you know, chasing, just having your needs met. Come to me. And he lost people over it. But look at Luke chapter 4. And let's find, uh, uh, let's see, devil tempting him. Okay, verse uh, uh, number two. For, for 40 days being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing. So there's a supernatural fast happening here. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, and he was, right? He, he's trying to get Jesus to do something, right? Again, don't try to make Jesus do stuff, right? And he says, if you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by what alone? Bread. Who is the bread of life that you must live on? Jesus. Then he tempts him. He takes from the high point. Everything you see here, you can have it if you just bow down and worship me. Don't ever be tempted to fall into this thing that you'll give up following Jesus to have power. It's not worth it. Because all that stuff doesn't last anyways. Correct? Jesus is the bread of life. We don't live only on physical. But what we need for true life that wells to eternal life is Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. That's what we talk about tonight. Amen. Amen. So, are you in a place with him where he, he is the constant sustainer? I, I understand. Again, I'm not saying God doesn't provide for you. Okay? Don't take that that way, what we're saying. And don't think that relationships aren't important. Don't think your job's not important. We, we do things. And there's fulfillment, and there's, and there's things we gain... But the true sustaining force of our life is Jesus Christ. End of story. So don't always be looking for this other stuff for fulfillment and, and the satisfaction. Well, if I just had this, I would be better. Or if I could just do this, it would be better. Or if this would just change, it would, some of those things in a certain way, yes. But if you have Jesus, you have what you need. Lean on him. Lean into him. Follow him. And let him be the source of life to you. Amen? All right, let's pray. Matter of fact, we're going to close up in prayer. I, I, I meant to close up long before 8 o'clock, but now it's after 8 o'clock. So we 
only did two songs because it's 21 days of prayer, and we're going to spend time in prayer tonight, but we blew that up. Anyway, so let's pray. And what we'll do is when we close up, if you want to hang out and pray a little bit before you go, you may do so. Lord, we, we thank you tonight for you. For you are the bread of life. You are our sustaining, uh, how we want to see you're the sustaining persons. You're, you're, you're everything that we need, we find in you. And we thank you, Jesus, for coming to us to save us. And be what only you can be in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for coming out tonight. I do have one thing once we get off live stream. So, live streamers, thank you for coming tonight. And.